You're listening to Understanding Micah, which is part of the Understanding the Old Testament series, Making the Old Testament Accessible to You. And we're in our final chapter, chapter 7. It's been quite the ride. We've seen Micah condemn Judah, which is uh, the southern kingdom of Israel, which is split into two, and its capital, Jerusalem, for their injustice and idolatry. Um, And this message of judgment comes full circle as he continues the pattern of saying, first Israel sins, then Israel's judged, and then through that judgment, God's salvation comes forth. God's restoration comes forth. And uh, one of the things that we're going to focus on is the way that Micah constructs this future hope of redemption. Now, as I read Micah chapter 7, I want you to focus on some of the shepherd imagery that we come across. This is Micah 7. Woe is me, for I have become as when the summer fruit has been gathered, as when the grapes have been gleaned. There is no cluster to eat, no first ripe fig that my soul desires. The godly has perished from the earth, and there's no one upright among mankind. They all lie in wait for blood, and each hunts the other with a net. Their hands are on what is evil, to do it well. The prince and the judge ask for a bribe, and the great man utters the evil desire of his soul. Thus they weave it together. The best of them is like a briar, the most upright of them a thorn hedge. The day of your watchman, of your punishment, has come. Now their confusion is at hand. Put no trust in a neighbor. Have no confidence in a friend. Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your arms. For the son treats the father with contempt. The daughter rises up against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. Then my enemy will see and shame will cover her who said to me, where is the Lord your God? My eyes will look upon her. Now she will be trampled down like the mire of the streets." A day for the building of your walls. In that day, the boundary shall be far extended. In that day, they will come to you from Assyria and the cities of Egypt and from Egypt to the river, from sea to sea and from mountain to mountain. But the earth will be desolate because of its inhabitants for the fruit of their deeds. Shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance, who dwell alone in a forest in the midst of a garden land. Let them graze in Bashan and Gilead, as in the days of old, as in the days when you came out of the land of Egypt. I will show them marvelous things. The nations shall see and be ashamed of all their might. They shall lay their hands on their mouths. Their ears shall be deaf. They shall lick the dust like serpents, like the crawling things of the earth. They shall come trembling out of their strongholds. They shall turn in dread to the Lord our God, and they shall be in fear of you. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever, because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. 
you will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham, as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. So Micah 7 begins with a lament. He describes himself as a hungry man looking for scraps of food in a field, but he finds nothing. And that's how complete the destruction of Jerusalem will be. And society teeters on the brink as the godly perish and the wicked grasp at each other's throats. The powerful prey on the weak and family members turn on each other with suspicion and hostility. I mean, you look at some of the descriptions. It's like daughter up against mother, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Maybe this describes Thanksgiving for you. Who knows? But this is bad. And yet in the midst of all this chaos, Micah has hope. And here's his hope. He looks to the Lord. Verse 7, I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. He doesn't deny what's going on around him, but he recognizes that this is not the end of the story. And the righteous ones, the remnant, those are the ones who endure suffering while waiting in hope for the Lord to act on their behalf. And Micah embodies this confidence. He says, don't rejoice, my enemies. When I fall, I'm going to rise. When I'm in darkness, the Lord's going to be my light. In other words, when enemies come after us, when we endure the discipline of the Lord, we know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. When Israel goes into exile in Babylon, as chronicled in Daniel, patiently wait. This is not the end of the story. We need to learn discipline. We need to be disciplined by this experience. But we have the hope that God's going to restore us. And even though to the nations of the world, when they see us going to exile, they're going to say, look, where's your God? He's abandoned you. We're going to have hope because we trust in the goodness of God. We trust that he does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He's going to tread our iniquities, our sins underfoot, and he's going to take all of our sins and cast them into the depths of the sea. And he's going to be faithful to the promise he made to Jacob and Abraham. So don't grow proud, nations who are watching, just because Jerusalem is in shambles. For Jerusalem will rise again. Israel will rise again. Now, God promised that Abraham would father a great nation that would bless all the families of the world. And the question that is behind the majority of the Old Testament is this. Will Israel's sin derail God's plan? Or will God's plan and His grace overcome Israel's sin? And Micah hints at this when he says, Israel will bear indignation, keyword, until he, God, pleads my cause. There's a reversal here in this one phrase. In other words, God will turn from the one who charges Israel with sin to Israel's advocate. He's going to be the defense attorney now for Israel. That all these things are coming upon them because of God's indignation with their sin, but he's going to forgive them. He's going to reverse her fortunes. That the anger of the Lord is only temporary, and it's always leading towards restoration. God is going to lead them like a shepherd with a staff. Now, a staff is an instrument of protection. And so God is going to lead them out so they can dwell in prosperity. In other words, they're going to experience a new exodus out of exile, back into the land. And God, their shepherd, will lead them into that land with his staff of protection. And then in that moment, the nations who once mocked Israel will realize that the Lord has always been with his people, that even though they were disciplined for a moment, it was only to lead to a greater restoration. 
They will be put to shame. The nations will be put to shame and cast down like a serpent, like Satan, and they will fear the Lord. Jesus Christ comes to fulfill these promises. Jesus speaks of his departure in Luke 9.31 during his transfiguration. And the word for departure there is the word for exodus. Jesus views his death as a kind of exodus. He's the true Israel. He's the living embodiment of Israel who's going to experience an exile in death. But he's also going to experience an exodus, a pulling out of death into life, into resurrection. He is the dying and rising true seed of Abraham. And with his resurrection, Israel is reborn, not just with Jews, but Gentiles from every nation. So Micah foresaw not just deliverance from Assyria, but a worldwide deliverance of God's people from their enemies and a cosmic deliverance from the reign of sin and death. And this is our hope, one that we wait for with patience. Think about Romans chapter 8, Paul talking about putting our sufferings in light of the future glory that we have. That even though we're perplexed by the sufferings and trials of this life, we can know that they're working together for good. And on a small scale, Micah says, the exile, it's going to work for our good. Trust the Lord. And for us, the trials and tribulations we face in our life, they're going to work for our good. Even though we can't see it, we trust the goodness of the Lord. Even when we face the consequences for our sin, God can redeem us and use those consequences if we're willing to trust Him to change us, to transform us, to make us more like Him. Waiting on the Lord is not just central to the life of Old Testament saints, but to us as well. And may take time, but the pattern is there. God may discipline us, He may train us, but it's always leading for our good. And the question is whether we're going to go kicking and screaming or whether with humility we're going to follow our great shepherd because He will lead us to the peaceful land. He will lead us back to the garden. That is our hope. This is Understanding Micah.